music videos are just they're just fun to do um we we work really hard to perform and we only usually perform one concert but these kids are so awesome you know you know when you take a video and you and you do really well at it you can solidify and keep that memory and so any chance we get to make a video we, we like to do that Welcome to The Piano Sensei Way. I'm your host, Clinton Pratt, and I'm here to help you master the art of running a successful piano teaching studio. And today I'm so excited because we're going to talk to Mikey Ashmore. And what inspired me to invite him on the show was this video. And we're going to watch it right now. And just a reminder, if you're listening, that um, we post these on YouTube. So I say we're going to watch the video and you think, wait, I'm just listening to a podcast, but we have video versions so you can see our faces and videos that we share. If you are just listening, it's fine. Um, you'll hear the music, which is cool, but the video is amazing. So here we go.
Okay, now I'm sure all of you think that was amazing, and we're going to bring on Mikey here. So welcome, and tell everybody um, where you live and how long you've been teaching. So um, I'm from Ashland, Kentucky. That's where my studio is, um, and I've been teaching for seven years now. This I'm going. I'm entering year seven right now. So um, I went to Moorhead State University um, in Moorhead, Kentucky. And I actually left uh, to start my studio. So yeah, this video, let's talk about this first. Is this the first one you've done or have you done other music videos with your students? <clears throat> We've done other music videos, but never to that scale. Um, I've always had it in my head how I, if I could ever do a music video like that, how I would do it. We've all we've all wanted to do that thing where we we record ourselves and then we add like the multiple frames of ourselves playing different parts. Mm -hmm. So I've I've been doing that since I was in high school. Um, we actually released a Christmas album um, last year and we shot I think it was like ten music videos. But what oh, those wow. were, yeah, it was just a lot of cuts though. It was just straight shots of the kids playing or if they were on drum set. And um, it would just cut in and out from different kids, not quite elaborate, like those seamless takes of that all had to be kind of scripted and planned in advance. You know, we had a we had a video that blew up uh, early in May. It was our golden hour video. And what it was, it was just a video of us just rehearsing an ensemble and it got over 100,000 views. And that kind of inspired us to go do something really elaborate and crazy. So. Um, I began writing and the kids begged me to do something for Halloween every year. We settled on a music video. And so I wrote the parts and we planned it all out and we kind of had a vision of what we were going to do. But um, as far as like that kind of set and like I hired makeup artists to like paint their faces and stuff and all of that. No, we've never done anything like that. And um, it was really fun. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. And I want to get into kind of the details of that at some point, and then also ask you about the viral video that got 100,000 views. Yeah. Um, but first, why did you decide to do this sort of thing, or, or how did you come up with it, you know, when you did the first one? Music videos are just, they're just fun to do. Um, we, we work really hard to perform, and we only usually perform one concert. But these kids are so awesome, you know, you know, when you take a video and you and you do really well at it, you can solidify and keep that memory. And so any chance we get to make a video, we, we like to do that. Um, but as far as like, why do we do ensemble? Well, music's more fun when you get to play it with other people. That's like the that's the best answer I have for that. So mm -hmm. um, when when I can bring kids together and they get to play together that makes the experience a lot more magical and more fun for them. And it keeps them encouraged and it keeps them uh, wanting to do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of people would agree that, you know, taking the video is a great way to, you know, solidify yeah. the, the memory and, and then you can watch it later, but yeah, you've taken it to a whole new level because not only is it a video, I mean, we've all recorded videos of our students playing, like here, sit at the piano, you know, it's fine. Um, but it's also an ensemble, so there's more involved, so that's more fun, like you said. Um, but it's not just a video in an ensemble, but then, yeah, you've got costumes, you, and it's a whole, like, yeah. production, right? It's not just, here, I'm going to video everybody playing, but it's, you know, 
camera changes and you got costumes, you got set. And, and so that's really cool. And basically just your idea, like, Hey, we should do this. And then your students are like, yay. Or was it them? What, you know, some of them suggesting things. They wanted to do something for Halloween. And I, I've always wanted to do something for Halloween. And that was kind of the compromise. It was like, okay, we can't really have a whole concert. But the video is a way to show other people what it would kind of sort of look like if you were here in person watching one of our concerts. It's kind of like why I wanted to do a video like that and blow it up. I really wanted to display their talent and like their enthusiasm. And, you know, it's always just fun to have an excuse to do costumes and makeup and all that stuff. And that ties in with Halloween. So that's why it was, you know, blown up so much like that. So, yeah, let's <clears> talk about, you know, how to do this because I'm sure many teachers listening to this are thinking well, that's really cool maybe I want to try but you know they have no idea like it just seems like how would we ever do that if there's so much that goes into it so um, first how early did you start preparing students for it you know like hey here's the song we're gonna do here's your part so I actually had to I had to start writing the part so they can't get parts until I get it together and I have to kind of sort of weigh who I'm dealing with. So like if a kid's only been with us for six months, I know that they can't play nearly as much as the kid who's been doing this for six years. So you have to take into consideration that if you want to do something this custom, you got to get down and, and write custom parts. Um, you okay. can't just get on MuseScore and just type in a keyboard ensemble for this is Halloween, you'll right. get some stuff, but you know, can all those parts be played by all of your students? So you might have to water some things down, but um, often what I'll do when I arrange music is I'll, I'll get on, I'll browse every, what everybody has and then take ideas and then kind of mod podge them together into an arrangement and, and what works for those kids. So you got to consider, um, who your players are and can they get it done in time? You have to set a, a time frame for them to learn it. So right. once I've got the music written, then there's the time that you have to be spending teaching the music and then executing it um, as far as like rehearsing it together. So I believe I had all the parts written by mid August. They got their parts and then they had them together by probably the beginning of September, which is only a few weeks because that's weeks. an hour a week. Yeah. We have, I mean, we had to work fast though. And if you break down the video and you really watch, they're not that difficult. The parts right. are not that difficult. They were just for fun. I mean, mm -hmm. we could have made it a lot more intricate, but those, I mean, we're talking like these kids are like eight and 10, most of them. I have one in there that's 15 and one that's 13 and they can do a lot more and they are doing a lot more. So well, the yes. process yeah. I want to I want to interrupt there because that's a really good point that when you wrote the parts for the students you made sure they were pretty easy for them, right? Yeah. And I think that's important that a lot of teachers miss, especially playing in an ensemble. So make well, it make it much easier so you, number 1 you can learn it quicker. Number 2, once you're playing with everybody, you know, you, it's it's easy enough that you're you're not like super focused and nervous right like you can do it easily and pull it off right you have to weigh how you write your um music 
versus coinciding with your lesson planning. So like you have to write music to where it's just above their level to where they can get it in time. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can kind of step in and give him some encouraging. Well, I'm pretty tough. So I'm like, hey, you need to get this together. We need to get this part ready and stuff. But but I don't give them anything that they can't handle. Right. Um, but I want them learning. So there's just there's so much balance that you have to work with here. You want them to be learning more and not just staying stagnant, playing the same easy parts all the time. So you just need to give them enough to where they've, when they get through this season, we'll, we'll, we'll call the whole music video see a season, okay? So from the start of writing to the execution of the, of the recording and publishing it, we'll call that one whole season. You want them to get through that season having learned something and benefited from the experience. So education, this is education driven. It's not just, can I just write some easy parts and get them through it and stuff like that. I do want it to be challenging enough to where they can benefit from learning something. But if you need to sacrifice notes for, well, you can say that this was a, an incredible performance experience, you can argue that as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes um, performing, um, it, you cannot learn how to perform until you've done it. Like you have to practice performing. So you need to get involved in performing. So, why send somebody out on stage to do a performance of something really intricate first? Why not just give them something easy that they can do and then go learn how to be in front of an audience and how to perform? Um, which I know that that then then everything really changes when you're just in front of a video, but we prepare it like it was a concert. So I, I thought Danny Elfman wrote that. So I was like, if Danny Elfman ever saw this, I would want him to be able to ask us to play it for him live. So we treated it as if, you know, if somebody wanted to question whether we were actually playing that, I wanted to be prepared to play it live for somebody. So we trained for it as if it was a concert. Um, yeah. Okay. So that brings me to my next question, which is how many rehearsals together then? Um, this group in particular, they're used to rehearsing together. There wasn't too many new kids. I think there was one. Um and so I had a lot of confidence that they could pull this together. So this is kind of an outlier, but um, I probably three or four sessions, maybe. So and how long? Um, an hour or two hours. So what we do is um, they learn they learn their parts in private lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And then if we can get even one or two kids to come in and play parts together, often I'll play as much as I can, I'll do like a, an overall score on the piano while they play their little parts, or I'll use a track. Um, a lot of times when I write these parts, I can convert them to MIDI files, put them in a keyboard, hit play, and they can and I can silence their parts. Mm -hmm. So that gives them a lot of um, uh, an idea of what that's all going to sound like when it's together. So you're saying each rehearsal session didn't necessarily have everybody. No, no, it was just, you just take what you can get. I would say they, all of those kids in that room were not together until probably the, a week before actually shooting the video. Um, we have what's called piano camp, which is usually Monday through Friday. And then usually we do things on like a Saturday or Sunday. So like our concerts will be on Saturday, for example, and we'll have what's called piano camp, which is Monday through Friday. And all private lessons are not happening and everybody just comes in from Monday through Friday for a couple hours a day. 
So usually five, so what that could look like is Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 7.30, everybody be here. Um, with the exception of, oh, maybe you can't be there. Maybe you can't be there. That's fine. We'll just make it work for that day. Um, and what that in, what that includes is just rehearsing it together. I don't think we needed a full piano camp week for this music video. I think it was just a few days. And then it was I, Saturday. We, rec we shot this on a Sunday. So Saturday, they all came in. We recorded it or uh, we, we did audio throughout the week. Saturday, I started putting it together. And then Sunday, when they came in, it, we had to work. We had to act really quickly. Um, so the makeup artists came in, they painted their faces. And then it was like, all right, go. So they, we, we sat them down and we didn't quite know how we were going to shoot it. But all throughout the week, we were trying to get an idea of what it would all look like because we were also setting up the stage and the set and all that stuff. So, okay. So, how much rehearsal time with everybody together? Uh, just if you have a guess, ballpark six hours, maybe. Oh, okay. So, that's it's not that's much. Kind of a lot. Well, it's two, it I would say an hour to two hours um, spread out over uh, six hours, I would say spread out over a week, but not with, six hours right before we shoot. No. Right. But with everybody. And you're not talking about like just whoever could shows up. Yeah. I mean, like we've and, got the whole group. That, we're running the whole piece. Yeah. I would probably less than that. And, and, and including that time is a lot of just logistics of like figuring out who's going to sit where and where you're going to go it's not really even playing so a lot yeah, of the okay. times it's when they're there it's like figuring out what sounds they're going to use and how to save those presets and stuff like that so a lot of logistics eat up that time and we can't do certain logistics until they're all in the same room together but um yeah it's it is a lot of time to spend together but um in the music world um we it's not a lot of preparation for groups um, that they should have. It's just, we don't have that as an option. We don't have that luxury for, you know, um, I wish I had these kids Monday through Friday for an hour a day because it'd be easier um, if they were all together, like, like a band, like concert band or something like right. that. It would be so much easier, but um, just a lot of work into prep preparing them here and preparing them as far as their skills and stuff goes into their private lessons that way when they come in and they come in together they're just they're just ready to go now is this do they pay extra or is that just part of their studio nah. fee or whatever and no they just they they just pay for their private lesson um i just love ensemble so much that i this is all volunteered time on my part now but since you aren't seeing them in private lessons you know is it about the same amount of time anyway or so so a private lessons an hour with each kid a week anything beyond that they're not paying for so like if i need them two or three days extra that week they just come in and they just rehearse it's it's right yeah. but i'm i'm wondering about your time so like when i do group classes mm -hmm. um you know they get more time than normal but i'm not actually spending more time because they're in groups right so um sometimes when they're in groups instead of an hour it's usually two hours Mm -hmm. um but as far as my time goes yeah if if we're doing ensemble stuff it's taking up more of my time um so how many students are we talking about 12 15 okay so no, if you Total. normally if you normally teach 15 hours and then because everybody has an hour yeah then um if you do two ensemble hours, on top of two, that four, we're talking say 10 like it could be 
I'm just thinking of myself too. Like it could be the same amount of time or less teaching since everybody is coming. It's more for them, but it's it could be. Oh less yeah, for you. yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it's a full week of um, piano camp, it's the same amount of work for me either way. It's just they're all there at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what so, I was getting at. Was yeah, the, yeah. So the teachers can plan this and think. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a whole lot of extra work. But what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, no. 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 You can coincide it. Yeah. It only works if your whole studio is involved. You know, if if those kid if if kid A, B, and C come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and you've combined them, and now they're all three coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you can work with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same amount of work for me, and it's a lot more for them to come in. But as far as extra time dedicating beyond the hours that I spend teaching in the studio. No, it's not a whole lot more. Um, now leading up to concerts and stuff, I might have to spend a little bit more extra time preparing last minute things, but those are things like typing up concert programs and doing this and doing that, all the bells and whistles, you know? Do you want to connect with other teachers in person? Do you want to learn new teaching strategies and explore outside the box approaches? Join us at the Creative Teaching Conference, a radical retreat to recharge and reinvigorate your teaching. This unique conference was started by me and my two friends and colleagues, Christopher Oyle and Tony Parlapiano, back in the summer of 2022. All three of us had so many ideas we wanted to share, but instead of trying to get selected for an MTNA or NCKP conference, we created our own event. We each present a few workshops, but we also have guest presenters as well. Topics include improvisation, composition, student-led learning. You'll experience inspiring workshops on creative teaching strategies and creative performance ideas. Learn about different ways to structure lessons, such as online groups, memberships, and subscription models. We eat meals together and plan social time so you can connect with teachers from all over the country, forming new musical friendships that will last a lifetime. Mark your calendars for July 7 to 9, 2024 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Check out creativeteachingconference.com for more info. And then you said you started to do some recording during the, the week as well. Yeah, so that's the logistics. So they'll come in and we'll spend probably half the time rehearsing all the parts together. And then I'll, I'll, I'll pull kids aside and they'll record their sound. So they'll, they'll record with a track. Obviously we're only recording their sound. And so some of the extra work that, that, that is involved with me is when they leave, I have to mix all of that. And then the amount of time when you record the video, how long were they there that day? So the Sunday that we shot, we shot it all in less than an hour and a half. It was amazing. I took the score kind of like through the measures and I, I kind of went through measure by measure and I was like, okay, so-and-so is going to be playing here the most. So I want the camera on them the most. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went through and I was going through my head how they were laid out in the set. And so I did this days before or maybe even the night before, who knows, and um, I went through and mentally I kind of knew. And then it wasn't until we got in there where I brought my camera out and was like, okay, let's try this. All right, get set, start. And we went through and shot. 
I would watch it and be like, okay, I think I can make that work. Let's do a couple more, shot it. And we shot measure by measure, section by section. And all of that took an hour and a half. Once I thought I had, I, once I thought I had enough to edit something together, we stopped and it was fine. And to my surprise, it was about half the time that I thought we needed. Okay. So how long, but how long were they there? So you got an hour and a half of recording, but were they there early um, to do stuff? like? How? Makeup artists showed up at one. Um, they took about an hour to paint their faces. And then two to three thirty ish, we'll say, was the time spent actually recording them. And then probably three thirty to four thirty was an hour of them just tearing it down. I, I had them all help tear it down, um, and just to save time. It took me a whole week to put that set together, even with a couple of volunteers. But when you got fifteen kids, you can be like, "All right, scatter and and go clean up." So. So then set, setting up the set, were you doing that during the piano camp time too? Or was that extra time? No, I was doing it after. So I was coming in and doing a lot of it after. So if if they were doing, if they were leaving at 5.30, I was coming in, I was staying in from 5.30, anywhere between 5.30 and 11 o'clock and just putting stuff together. That might not have been every single day, but it was a lot of work putting that set together. And you did that by yourself? Uh, most of it, yeah, but I had some days where I had like one or two extra people to help. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. that that's a lot. So how... that's why it took so long. It was because I did it by myself. Okay, so um, you got the recordings, the audio recordings, and then I'm just thinking through this. So then, when you go to do the video, have you mixed and created the audio, and it's finished by then? Oh, while we were shooting with their while faces. So they're in the room. Their faces are painted. We're ready to go. Um, behind the curtain, we had a speaker with the track. That was to keep them in time, you know. And so they're, the master, like their audio was playing through there. The the audio. So I, I did have the audio mixed and put together in a track before we shot their faces, them in a room, faces painted. Just painting the picture here. Okay, right. The so, track but, was ready to go. The audio part of this music video right. was ready to go. That's what I mean. So and yeah. that's different than the than the rehearsal track. Yes, it was very different because I wanted the um, the drum set music was also embedded into that too, and our drummer needed to know. Okay, what did because it's harder to match what you're doing on drums, visual versus audio, because he kind of made it up on the fly. So that's our drum, that's our percussion instructor. That's not a student of mine that's playing in the video. Right. Okay. And so he was like, okay, I need that track so I can remember what I did. So when we would go section by second, he'd be like, oh, okay, okay. And we would match it. Um, Cause there was no formal music written out for that. So yeah, so the track, um, the master, like the audience, there might've been a couple bells and whistles that I, I didn't have prepared, but from start to finish, you had something that they could all kind of keep time to. And that's what was happening behind the scenes. It was a lot of, all right, start the track. And you would hear a couple of measures before. And I'd say, this is section B, get ready. And then I'd be yelling. I'm literally yelling at them over the camera while I'm shooting. And I'm telling right, them. I'm because like, that's yeah. not going to be, in the, that's not going to be in the audio anyway. Right? No, no, that's, yeah. So I'm, right, I'm sitting okay. there telling them, I'm giving them cues and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was just <clears> trying <throat> to paint a picture for the audience here. So they, they've recorded the audio already and then you mix that together and then when you shoot the video you play that back out loud so everybody can hear it 
yeah while you record the video but it doesn't matter like you said you could even be talking behind the camera because yeah you're gonna once mute. you've got the video yeah. done you're gonna mute that audio track and yeah and then add the actual audio track so but it does have to match obviously it has to be in sync visually yes yeah and the best way to do that is to have them playing along to themselves right so. okay and yeah earlier you said you recorded it um you know section by section or measure by measure or something right so so you didn't just record the whole thing because you wanted multiple camera angles right I, yeah 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 i wanted to <clears throat> and that's just kind of the artistic uh vision of what you have uh whatever style of video that you want to do so like i could have just set up a a, a um, just a straight camera here uh, mm -hmm. facing the curve and then shot one here and here and we could have done this in 10 minutes you know all that prep to get that that, that gorgeous stage ready and all those costumes I could have shot this in 10 minutes but what I really wanted to do was kind of um, reenact our golden hour video that took off where somebody was holding the camera and was walking through um, our ensemble and kind of getting up close shots of them. And it was a motion camera. So it wasn't just this still camera, just watching a group of people play. It was like up close, like this is a kid and it was up close on them and kind of moving. I, I really liked that. And I think that's um, why that quality was so good and why that video took off. So right. I wanted to kind of capture that same element. So there was just one camera and that was your phone. Yeah, it was just my phone. Right. Okay. And did you have any, like, I've, I've seen people with like fancy equipment for their phone or was it, were you just holding it in your hand? I was just holding it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did you edit? What program did you use to edit the video together? Um, Camtasia is what it's called. Um, it's okay. Just, so you did that on your computer? Yes. Yeah. You, you transferred the videos from video my, files to your from computer. my phone to the computer mm -hmm, and then cut them on Camtasia. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about the benefits. Um, maybe we'll just, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but um, what are some of the other benefits for your studio, you? Um, we talked about, you know, it's more fun to do it this way and all that, but what else? I think there's an element of encouragement when you get to play with other people. A lot of traditional piano um, studios they have their private lessons and then they all kind of sort of meet together on the day of the concert or maybe like a couple rehearsals before. But if they're not playing in, in um, an ensemble setting, um, they really don't see the other players that are involved in those studios until maybe even the concert day. And so there's community in this. We've got kids that are friends with other kids. We have kids that go home that meet each other and they go home and play Fortnite together. So they become friends and they want to practice and they want to play because they want to impress their other friends. They want to show up because it's like a team thing. And we have two little boys that I have one little boy that he's friends with everybody and he shows up and he sees my 15 year old playing some cool stuff. And that really encourages him. He says, mm -hmm. I want to be just like Isaiah. I want to do that. I want to do, I want to do this. And so if you're putting all of them in the room together and you you get to see the evolution of different ages, that can kind of inspire kids. So inspiration and encouragement is another thing. Not only is music fun when you get to play it together, but how can you model um, what 
what these kids should be trying to achieve or their goal points if it's not in front of them. So, you know, I'm 26. They might be thinking, oh, okay, when I'm your age, I'll be really good. Well, no, you can see how much better you would be. You're eight years old. Look at the 10-year-old. And he started when you were, when he was your age. You can always have that reminder. Or I can say, my 15-year-old that's here, he started when he was your age. And so the inspiration and the encouragement, that's a huge thing. And it's a, it's a great way to motivate your kids to play. Um, it doesn't always work. Some kids, they just want to show up and, and have fun and they might get through a season and not want to do it again, which is totally fine. Some kids don't, they don't like all the work that goes into it. It's just natural. Um, but you use what you can. Um, so you can use modeling um, of your different ages to kind of encourage and inspire other kids. Uh, the confidence building when you get to put something together and it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, playing um, by yourself is great. And yes, it's more fun to play with others, but the overall product is just so much more um, enjoyable to watch. Parents, of course, want to show up and see their babies play, but when you're putting on a whole big production and they're all getting to immerse themselves into that, that's more fun for everybody, I think. And so that keeps them wanting more. And also playing together in a concert setting takes a lot of the performance anxiety away. It kind of, it kind of spreads that out. So like if you're up there with five other people, it's so much easier to play in front of a crowd versus one. So I will usually not let kids play like, serious solos unless I really think they've just got that kind of grit um, until they've done it at least a few times, at least a few concerts. And we have a concert every six or seven months or so. Until they've done that, they get more and more relaxed. And then you can say, well, why don't you try this on your own? And then they come to the concert and they do, and they, they do a, a much better job than if you were to just throw them out there for the first time. Their, their performance anxiety goes down when they get to play with other people. I always tell them, I'm like, they're not all watching you. They're watching everybody. So yes, your mommy and daddy are watching you, but everybody else is watching everybody. And even your mommy and daddy are going to be watching other people. So um, that's that's some. there's so many benefits to playing in an ensemble. I highly encourage people to do it if, if they can. Um, okay, so what's your typical, um, or maybe what are you going to do for the future as far as like how many ensemble concerts a year and how many music videos? Um, definitely want to get into more music videos. It's just, it's a lot harder, um, to execute the videos, uh, than yeah. a concert, I think, but it's worth it because you do all that work. And like I said, you've got that memory forever. We have a concert every, every six or seven months. Um, for okay, the, so twice the future- a year you do, you do a concert and then maybe like one music video as well. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. In between. Yeah. Have you gotten new students because of the videos? Like people see them and want to be in your studio? Oh, yes. Yeah. I was thinking of that as a benefit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I have so many kids and I work so many jobs now. I don't really need the students. But yes, if if I want more students, all I have to do is post videos of my other kids um, playing. So, how many students did you get from this Halloween one? None because I didn't take any (laughs) more. But okay, well, how many? How many? How many could I have had? Oh, I can have as many as I want. If I want thirty. Well, how many? How many contacted you and said, 
but you know because you, they saw that video they want to join the studio at least a dozen uh, locally like just mm. local parents here um and that's just the ones that were willing to con and th those are the, just the ones that have actually messaged me that's not including you know parents that just get on and just tag me and stuff sometimes i don't even see it sometimes they'll be like hey did so and so reach out to you and i said i didn't even know so and so was supposed to reach out to me so there are people that comment my name on stuff that i don't even see um and so, so have you yeah. thought about sorry i keep interrupting you. it's just our time is short and i, I yeah. wanted to ask you a couple other things um have you thought about trying to capitalize on that like there's all these people that want to be students and want to pay you but, but yeah. you're saying no well um every private student i take adds an hour to my work week and so right now i'm working um i'm the music director at our church i work at a preschool and i do the studio and at one point i was doing all kinds of other stuff when you have 12 students that's 12 hours if you have 15 students that's 15 hours but we're also doing ensemble so it's a whole other part-time job on top of two other full-time jobs so I don't really want any more private students and I'm not ready to scale um, for group classes. The video that you said went viral with 100,000 views in May. What was that video just in one sentence? Uh, it's a video of our golden hour. Uh, we were rehearsing golden hour. It's that TikTok uh, song, you know what I'm talking about? No, you mean in it's one called sentence, golden hour? Yeah, it's called Golden Hour. It's just a video of us rehearsing a song is all it is. Um, oh, for an ensemble. Yeah, yeah. It's an ensemble rehearsal of us playing a song. That's all okay. it is. And how did it go viral? Um, I posted it on Facebook and it started getting a lot of attract, uh, a lot of traction. And then I shared it to a couple of the piano groups, like Piano Teacher Central, I shared it mm -hmm. in there. And then um, a couple more and then that's all it needed. It just, I don't really know what, how it hit an algorithm, but it started getting recommended into other people's feeds. Um, okay, Facebook and you Reels. shared it, did you share it um, like on your own page or on mm -hmm. the studio page or what? It's on my own page. On your own, oh, okay. Yeah, ever since huh. things started taking off on my own page, I've just been posting more on my own page just because I'd rat whatever gets the kids more attention. Clearly the studio page wasn't working. If my page has to be the one to do it, then I'll do it. So, okay. Well, I'll have you send me the link to that one too. But I see that the Halloween one um, has 114,000 views right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It was worth it. It paid off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Mikey, thanks for being on the show. And um, I will put the links to those videos, you know, in the show notes and everything so people could check it out. Thanks for sharing your fun ideas. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. Don't forget, we're on YouTube, too, the Piano Sensei way. See ya.